You're listening to Tarazi Tuesdays with The Bible is Literature. Hi, this is Father Mark Bulos, and you are listening to Tarazi Tuesdays with The Bible as Literature podcast. This week, Father Paul gives an example, one of his famous asides, an anecdote shared in class about a student's old-school Greek uncle and his unsettling biblical attitude about what guests can do with their gifts when invited to his table. I am having a good old time introducing Father Paul on the Bible as Literature podcast, Tarazi Tuesdays. And if you sell to your neighbor or buy from your neighbor, you shall not wrong one another. According to the number of years after the Jubilee, you shall buy from your neighbor and according to the number of years for crops he shall sell to you, If the years are many, you shall increase the price, and if the years are few, you shall diminish the price, for it is the number of the crops that he is selling to you. You shall not wrong one another, but you shall fear your God. Okay, you as well as I know that the real estate agents do not abide by that. They work it out to fool either the buyer or the seller to collect more money out of their assigned 3 or 5% or whatever. But that is not the teaching of the Bible. That's why in other texts you may not charge usury interests on the other person, which your banks and my banks and the banks do not do. Otherwise, they'll lose their business. You shall not wrong one another, but you shall fear your God for I'm God. That's the threat. It's not out of the goodness of your heart you don't wrong your neighbor. I can't stand this in classical theology. That's why it ends up with praising ourselves for having been good. This is what I see on the websites of your parishes. When you make a collection to go and visit the poor at Christmas, you publish it on your website! You don't abide by the command of God in Matthew that not your left hand know what your right hand has done. Please translate you as being we, but I prefer the you so that it would hit you. And it would make you say, so Father Paul doesn't do that. It doesn't matter! I want you to hear you, and not like this silly NATO teaching The teacher of Sunday school is trained to tell the children not you are going to learn today in the classroom. I heard this when I landed on these blessed shores in the first year at the convention. No, you should say, today we are going to learn. So who is the teacher? 
So I want you to hear the you. By fearing God, and fear means to tremble. Ah, you have to love God, remember that classic theology. Now we don't fear God, we love God. You love God, since when? The question is where God loves you or not. And he loves you in his teaching, whose head, as we hear in the book of Proverbs, is the fear of the Lord. Not the love of the Lord. And that's why theology betrays you and it tells you, but the New Testament, Jesus tells us that we are his friends and we know we're love. Yes, but the end of which he leaves us with his command to love one another. He doesn't do, he doesn't say, as the theologians tell you, especially, I heard twice this webinar, how to become the light of the world. I mean, it's, it's excruciating. They are praising you to feel that you are the light of the world. No. You are the light of the world inasmuch as you follow the law of the Messiah in Matthew 5 through 7. Am I going on a side as my good friend Timothy Law always critiques me? No! Because the following verse 18 after 17 sounds thus. Let me begin with 17. You shall not wrong one another, but you shall fear your God. For I am the Lord your God. And... The following scriptural aside, if you may call it, is therefore you shall do my statutes and keep my ordinances and perform them. So you will dwell in the land securely. And the Hebrew labateh means trustingly. This is what securely in the original means. So the text is telling you this. It is your theology that is an aside. Because my aside is quoting scriptures. You shall remember them in order to do them. And we shall be bombarded with that statement time and again in Deuteronomy. Which is the repetition of the law. The land will yield its fruit and so on. And if you say, what shall we eat in the seventh year if we may not sow or gather in our crop? 21, let's hear it. And it's not my aside. It's your theologians that are filled with asides. That's why they quote the Bible twice and then they go for seven chapters going the so-called fathers of the church. If not the latest book published by St. Vladimir's or Holy Cross. I will command my blessing upon you in the sixth year so that it will bring forth fruit for three years. There you go. 
Notice the three years because he had introduced the jubilee year after the sabbatical year. And remember this blessing because in a couple of chapters you're going to hear the blessing in conjunction with the curse, which is the other side of the same coin. The blessing comes from God and the curse comes from God. When you saw in the eighth year, you could see that you have two years back to back. You will be eating all produce and so on. Then 23, very important. The land shall not be sold in perpetuity. For the land is mine, for you are strangers and sojourners with me. Okay? Write it down and post it on your doorposts inside your apartment. Leviticus 25:23. And that started way back with Abraham and Isaac, where they were supposed to gur, meaning live as a sojourner, to sojourn, to go around, which is connected with the Hithalek, back and forth in this land because it is not yours. Now go back to my comments about Ahuza. You take what is offered to you by God, but it doesn't become your property. Let me go on an aside here. That is definitely an aside, but I need it because I come from the Middle East, the Middle East of my time. Don't tell me today people don't do that in Beirut. Because Beirut now is part of Lebanon, which is part of the U.S. and NATO. Here in America, even a gift, a gift means it's a gift present. You just decide to bring a gift. You're not bound to bring a gift when I invite you to my house. You decide to bring it. But here... In America, I learned the hard way. Immediately you're supposed to open the gift so that you can thank the one who brought you the gift in front of the other people. And then more than that, let's taste the wine that so-and-so brought tonight and you open it. This, in my time in the Middle East, and still around in some areas, it's an insult. Meaning, you are coming to a potluck dinner, you're bringing your food, you're bringing your doggy back. No. In the Middle East, in my time, whoever brings a gift, you ask one of your children to take the gift and put it in the kitchen and better in the bedroom and you open your bottle of wine. Once the visitors have left, then what was the gift now is no more the gift. It is yours. And then you wait for another occasion and you open this bottle of wine and you offer it 
to your guests. But you don't take a food or a drink that a guest brought to give it to that guest and the other guests. It's the silliest thing I have encountered on these blessed shores. And I want you to hear it out of my lips because you're not going to hear it out of other lips. It's an insult. And when I mentioned this in one of my classes in Holy Cross, one of your students raised his finger and God, in his providence, whispered in my ear, allow him to say whatever he wants to say. And he said to me, Father Paul, you remind me of my uncle who is Greek and who lives in California. And until now, if he sees someone coming to his house, invited to his dinner, my uncle's dinner, bringing a gift, he would tell that person, take it back home or come back or leave it outside the door. I invited you so that I feed you, not for you to share in my feeding. That is different than when the master or the mistress of the house would ask the sister to bring some food. That's different. It's still in the family. But you don't show off. And that student in front of everybody said, and my uncle would abide by that. If the guest insists to enter with the gift, he will slam the door in his face. And according to him, this happened in California in the 90s. So please, friend, let's understand how this text is working. And that's why I shall never accept a NATO person reading this chapter in English and telling me what it says from the pulpit. It's impossible that that person is comprehending what is happening here. The Bible as Literature is a production of the Ephesus School Network.